It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I'm so excited to talk to Catherine LeBlanc again of Dragonfly's Quilting Design Studio. She writes her quilting cozy mysteries under her pen name, Catherine Michael. These are really great books. This is the third episode I have the privilege of interviewing Catherine. So if you want to know more of her story, check out her two previous episodes. On this episode, she is introducing us to her new book, Threading Trouble. Thanks for joining me today, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. We want to talk about, you have another book that just came out in your Quilting Cozy Mysteries, book four. To start off, can you share the blurb of that book with us? So book four is Threading Trouble, a Quilting Cozy Mystery, as you said, by Catherine Michael, and that's M-Y-K-E-L. Threading trouble in an act of murder, can Alex secure the part before she's upstaged? With more questions than answers, Alex Bailey's life is embroidered with uncertainty. An invitation to a theater dedication in Nona's name draws Alex and Charlotte to Mishap, Georgia. With another murder mystery to solve, Alex receives unwanted help, Kibbles finds troublesome partner in crime, and Charlotte sees an opportunity to take control of her own life. In a trip threaded with drama, can Alex deliver her lines and catch the culprit before the final act? And will meeting Liam finally answer her questions? Threading Trouble is the entertaining fourth book in the series of Quilting Cozy Mysteries. If you like intriguing whodunit, then you'll love this neatly basted tale. Great. I love those blurbs. <laughs> They're really hard to do, but they're funny. <laughs> it gives a taste of the book and yet doesn't give away anything. So I love that about it. True, true. And it's riddled with quilting innuendo and quips and puns and all kinds. I don't know if we talked about this the last time, but because we're on book four, I think the last time we were talking, I was on book one or book two, right? Mm-hmm. So the series starts with Alex, a female character. And I kind of liken them to like home and away games, like when you have a sport. So each book, the first book is a home book. Alex is at home. That's where the series starts and the arc starts. And then on book two, they go off on a surprise quilting cruise. And so it's like an away book. And then book three, they come back home again and the quilt shop is flooded and there's a quiltathon that happens at her house. And this is book four, so it's an away book. And so they go away to Mishap, Georgia to meet some people and do the theater dedication. And I see a lot of reviews. Wow, this book was totally different than the last one. And I like to try to explain why, because I have this like home and away every other version. And book five will be a home book where we come back to the cozy setting of where Alex lives. And that will be the series finale. Okay, I thought you'd said there was going to be a book six. There is going to be a book six. So book six is going to be a crossover book. (laughs) And so I can say this because I think everybody's expecting what's going to happen. But by this point in book four, 
she's declared exactly what she wants to happen in her life. So book six will be the culmination of what she wants. She's finally going to get what she wants, which is sort of like a peaceful life. And so in book six, they're going to retire her and the private detective that she's been slow burning her relationship with over these six books. They're going to retire to the island of Madras, which was acquired throughout the series. And there'll be a new set of characters that she helps and then they'll start a new series. So she'll be in it. Hawk will be in it. And some of the other characters will be in it, but there'll be new characters as well. And that'll kind of start the next series. So there is a book six, but I think book five is really going to be like the season finale. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Now, will your new series be quilting related also? Yes, absolutely. Some are heavier in quilting than others, but everywhere they go, the quilting matriarch who, I guess I can spoil alert this, (laughs) dies in the very first book, but then she kind of, she doesn't come back to life as a ghost, but she kind of is present throughout the books. And she's set up all these weird things for Alex and everywhere Alex goes, it has something to do with quilting because this woman who was a quilter for 60, 70 years has spread her love of quilting to all of these other avenues and people that she meets. So everywhere Alex goes, she's meeting new quilters that have already kind of been introduced to the world of quilting. So I guess maybe her new job in retirement (laughs) will be to further that, you know, further those quilting habits or whatever with the new cast of characters. So yeah, there'll be quilters as well. Basically, it's just like in real life. Everywhere we go, we try to make quilters out of everybody we meet. I think anyway, I don't know. That's just me, but. (laughs) Why not? Quilting is fun. Right? I am curious, with the whole series of books, when you started writing, planning out what you were going to write, did you have a loose idea of how this would go throughout the whole series? Or did you take on each book of what was going to happen next when you went to write each book? I want to say yes and no. So yes, I did have a grand scheme, so to speak, of what would happen from start to finish. And I knew that I was going to have some kind of quilting endeavor in each book, in which book it would be in, that kind of thing. But at the same time, things don't always go to plan just like in real life. So, you know, what I thought I might have done in this scene or the ending of this book or the beginning of the next book or whatever, that did change sporadically throughout. But for the most part, I had a general overall idea of what the arc of the series was going to be and how it was going to end. And then some of it did take me a little in, in places that I didn't expect and things like that. So it did evolve. One thing that I didn't expect was I joined this MAP is what it's called. It's called a multi-author project. So a bunch of authors get together and they write their own books, but then they release them all together as a series. And I had signed up for this Pet Sleuth Mystery MAP, which multi-authors. And what I didn't realize when I selected the dates and selected the dog or the cat and the holiday and all this other stuff is that the releases coincided between each of my major books. So what I did was I wrote those smaller like novella type books. They're like half the size of a regular book. I wrote them in the timeline between my series. So even though you might have to wait six months for the next book to come out in between that, 
was like a half book of something else that was going on in between. And honestly, I think those books are just as great, if not better, as my main series. Like I'm so over the moon with them. I'm in the middle of writing one of them right now and I'm super excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Does it mess with your brain having to keep track of different storylines, writing different books? When I realized that I was going to write these little novellas in between, then I had to really go back and think about, okay, what was my timeline? The only thing that confuses me still to this day is my prologues and my epilogues. I have to figure out, am I prologuing the previous series book or am I epilogging the next short book? Like, <laughs> So like that gives me a little bit of confusion. I have to really think about the timeline and as far as that's concerned. As if like divine intervention, they just happened to fall at just the right moments in time. And I was able to just work them right into the series outline. And like, I couldn't have asked for that. You know, like I couldn't have planned that if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> the Cozy Mystery Series. Tell us the titles of each book you have out and what quilt goes with them. All right. So Sewing Suspicion is book one. And I don't mean to toot my horn, but that actually won the 2021 Indie Cozy Mystery Book of the Year Award, which I was super thrilled about. And that one has the Grandmother's Flower Garden quilt as the background of the book cover. I'm hoping to release the quilts that go with the books next year when I don't have such an aggressive writing schedule. But that one will be Alex's graduation quilt. It's done in jewel tones. And there's a tiny little sample of it on the book cover that's hanging on the fence. When you look at the book cover, you'll see the little quilt on the fence. And then book two is called Quilting Calamity, which is a cruise ship one. And that's a storm at sea, obviously. (laughs) And I literally just last month won the 2022 Indie Cozy Mystery Book of the Year Award for Quilting Calamity. So thank you so much for all your help with that. Pressing Matters is a log cabin quilt with a small little red log cabin inside each of the blocks. And let's see, Threading Trouble, the one we're talking about today, is a Greek key block. So that's done in like winter themed colors. And then book five is, I don't have a name for the name of the quilt. It's a quilt design that I actually designed for a fabric manufacturer's line of fabric that they just didn't happen to pick up. So I used it as the book cover. And then book six, I haven't actually decided what I want to do for that book cover yet. So that's a surprise to come. (laughs) Something island beachy, I guess. I don't know what that is yet, but we'll figure it out. Maybe turtles or something. I don't even know. (laughs) I don't think we talked about this previously, but when you decided to create your characters, What process did you go through? Did you pick a Mm -hmm. center character first or just kind of had the group of characters loosely? What? It's an excellent question. I was trying to think back on because it's been almost, I think, a year and a half now since I started developing the characters. So what happened when I very first started writing is I joined a school, a self-publishing school, and Part of joining the school is they give you a writing coach. So from the day I started the school and the day I got assigned and had a meeting with my writing coach, I had written almost half a novel. It had like no clear direction. It didn't really have a very clear plot. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. 
And when I got on this coaching call with my writing coach, he basically was like, yep, no, we're throwing that out the window and we're going to start all over again. And we're going to work on cozy mysteries. And (laughs) this is what you're going to do. I said, okay. So we made a plan on what I was going to do. And so I had done all kinds of crazy research on all these other characters that are just sitting on the back burner right now. And that might actually come out next year as well. I'm thinking about that as a sort of maybe cozy mystery thriller-ish type book. But anyway, so I think I've said this before. People ask a lot, does your main character, is that person like you or whatever? And I always say, no, 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 it's not. But if you think about it, it really is at this point. (laughs) Basically me. (laughs) And she had to have a love interest. And I wanted him to be very mysterious. And I'm not focused on there being a romance aspect in it at all. So when I call it a slow burn, it's really like almost a no burn. People want him in there, so they will start to ramp up a little bit. So really, I didn't have much thought to him other than what I knew I wanted him to look like. And I wanted him to be very reserved and quiet and a man of little words, but serious action. So let's see. Her sister from another mister. It's not really her sister, but it's like her best friend. They grew up, but it's sort of like her sister because she's adopted into the family. And that is basically like the other side of me. So the main character is the one that has themselves put together and all that stuff and has, you know, whatever. And then the other character, her best friend, is the hot mess, which is the other side of me that (laughs) most people don't see. Well, a lot of people do, actually. But (laughs) so she kind of developed from that sense. The grandmother who, spoiler alert, I killed off in book one which is a humongous no-no in cozy mysteries. You just don't kill off the quilting granny, right? But I did anyway. I just really wanted her to be like a, you know, like that quilting presence. I'm only 45. So in the grand scheme of quilters, I'm a pretty young quilter, even though I've been doing it for about 12 years. But I wanted her to be like that kind of quilting figure that we all meet at like, guilds or retreats or whatever that older woman who has like just the right insight or you know just that quirky kind of so that's kind of what I modeled her after like all of the older women that we meet when we go to different shows and things like that so they kind of evolved I had a general sense of how many and who and what their names would be but their personalities totally evolved as the books went on it's a long story short (laughs) Well, it was a surprise when you killed her off in the first book, but it's been exciting to learn more about her with each passing book. So thanks for that. That was fun. Yeah. Like I wanted her to still be a presence in everybody's lives because unfortunately in real life, people pass away. I mean, they don't get murdered, thankfully, usually like in every book, but <laughs> but people pass away and the women that we look up to in the quilting industry or that we meet along the way, they get older and they pass on and they're not gone though. They still live on in the quilts and in the little tidbits of knowledge that they gave us along the way or the friendship that we had with them and things like that. So I wanted to honor that she'd still be around regardless. And of course, she just does all these ridiculous things that how could you forget her? And then I don't know if you know this as well. I've done a spinoff series with her and another sleuth from my co-author PC James, who's out of Canada. 
And he has a very like restrained, demure kind of character in his books. And my character is a crazy hot mess lady. So we put the two of them together and they go on all these kind of adventures. So people who are truly, truly upset that I kind of killed her off in book one, they can go look at this other series and she's got plenty of antics in that book to keep everybody busy. So (laughs) we took care of that. Oh, I don't know how you keep track of all these different threads that you have going on. I have a lot of spreadsheets and I keep track of all the dates and I keep track of all the ages. I try to keep track of the timeline as best I can. I have found errors. There are errors, (laughs) but I try not to make them. So I just wrote book four and I included a character that he and I developed in the last book, which was a brand new series of a book one series called Royally Dispatched. And that was written in a historically 1950s setting. And that character is actually a very significant character in the book I just wrote and in the series timeline. But we just started writing those books and I started the series a year and a half ago. So like all of these moving pieces, he doesn't keep any of it straight. I do. I have spreadsheets <laughs> to keep it all straight. <laughs> but my hope is, is that when I'm done writing all these books, every single one of them will have a connection to another book in some way. That's what I'm trying to do anyway. Wow. We'll see if I pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) That's a high goal to reach. Yeah. So with all this going on with your books, I know it keeps quilting in your mind because you're talking about quilts, but do you have a chance at all to work on any quilts? I do. I think the last time I was having a hard time getting time into quilt, and I still do, but I generally make time a couple days a month. It's awful because I used to quilt every single day. But I visit with a friend of mine on Saturdays and not every Saturday, but a couple Saturdays a month we get together. And she basically does it on purpose to force me to be able to have my sewing time because she knows if she doesn't, then I'll just keep writing and I'll keep working and no sewing will ever get done. So right now I'm actually been doing jelly roll raised quilts just because I don't have the mind space to do anything complicated but I still want to be able to sew and I still want to be able to create things. So I've been doing jelly roll quilts lately and I was able to complete a quilt top for a friend of mine's birthday too. So that was really nice. I made the priority to make that happen. But yeah, for the most part, I don't get a lot of quilting done. Although I just set up my sewing machine again. So (laughs) that's a good sign. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) It sounds like you're extremely busy with writing. So has there been any other thing you want to share that you've done in the last year since we talked about book one? I was able to meet my goals last year. I released, I think, 14 titles last year, anywhere from short stories to full-length novels. And I did something last year that When I started writing, I set out to become a full-time writer. It's what I need to do for my life in terms of what is coming in the next chapter of my own life. So what I did was I burned my boats is what they call it. And it basically, you burn your boats, there's no going back because there's no ship to take you back to the shore, right? So what I did was I used to do Sunday Night Live videos where I sold retail after I had closed the store. 
I started on Facebook doing those. And I did that for several years and I was super, super successful at that. And I decided that even though I was working full time and still doing that, it was time for me to burn my boats. So I stopped my quilting business altogether 100%. And it was sink or swim. Either I was going to make it financially and be able to pay my bills off of being a writer or not. (laughs) So that was a pretty big step. And there's been a few times where I've gone out and got the paddles. (laughs) (laughs) The little canoe or the lifeboat. (laughs) And you know what? Quilting has been a huge blessing retail-wise in terms of being able to help me out financially to get the books out and stuff like that while I build the career as a writer. Not only as the books are based on quilting, but also to help me out here and there. But there's no going back. I'm full-time for the rest of my life. And I'm hoping... This year, I've scheduled for another 14 books. It's super aggressive and I can absolutely not continue on in this method going forward. So I dedicated two years to releasing as much as I possibly could and to try to be as quilting focused with everything that I write as I possibly can. Sometimes I just can't, but I want quilting to be highlighted in any way that I possibly can. So if I'm out trying to win an award for one of my books, it's not because I'm trying to win the award because I want to be vain and I want to say I'm award-winning. It's because I want people to see that quilting is winning awards in fiction, quilt fiction, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's why the covers are like a quilt, because I want the quilting to be first and foremost, front and center. If I can't be out there selling quilting supplies and urging quilters to be making quilts and doing stuff like that, then I'm going to be out there urging them to read about quilts, look at quilts on my cute little covers and doing everything that I can to possibly make sure quilting stays front and fore center and in everybody's mind. And I don't know, that's the best I can do. (laughs) But yeah, it's been a challenging year. I've had a lot of changes. I did win the awards, which was really fantastic. It it helps keep you going, you know, when you're burning the midnight oil for sure. But yeah, it's just all about quilting. That's all, you know, I'm just trying to do justice to, to quilting. You have your books on Kindle. And also we could buy them in paperback, correct? Yes. All of them are available in Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, you can get them free. They're available as eBooks on Amazon and as well paperbacks and large print as well for folks who need large print. The first two books are available as audio. I'm a huge audio listener, so that's super important to me. I just haven't had the chance to come up with the finances to get book three and four in production into audio, but that's coming soon. That will be absolutely a thing. And as far as them being available on other retailers, it's just, I don't have the bandwidth to get them sorted onto what we call wide. And that's so that it's available like on Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Apple and all that stuff. I just don't have the bandwidth to get it out there at this point, but that is on next year's plan as well, that you'll be able to buy them at more places and hopefully in local bookshops too, which would be really fantastic. But for right now, everything has to be done through Amazon. Or if you see me at a show, because I still do shows occasionally, there's my little life raft there. (laughs) (laughs) Because I want to be out there promoting the books at quilt shows. So if anybody has a quilt show that they want to invite me to, to sell my books at, (laughs) (laughs) hit me up. And I hope some quilt shops pick them up too. Yeah, for sure. They have been in a few. I should be better about it, but you know, there's just only so much time of the day. Yeah. 
Was there anything else you wanted to tell us? Well, I got a dog this year. Just recently, I got a dog. And because I'm writing the Pet Sleuth Mysteries, the dog is like seriously giving me tons and tons of material to write in the books, let me tell you. So I think the pet books will be a lot better now going forward because I have a dog to kind of relay that information from. (laughs) So I'm curious, did you name your dog Kibbles? I didn't know. I adopted this dog from a family member who couldn't keep the dog any longer. So he came with a name, Bentley. His name is Bentley. But let me tell you that Kibbles is now exactly what Bentley does. So (laughs) everything Kibbles does in the books going forward, that's something that Bentley did to me or whatever, you know. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Thanks so much, Catherine. This is great to catch up with you again. I love reading your books. Thank you for having me. I enjoy your podcast. I love listening to it. I love hearing about what my fellow quilters are doing. It's just such a great, great, positive, wonderful place to get info and to keep up with other quilters. So thank you. Uh huh. Thanks for that. Bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. Thank you.